Stop Punishing Yourself, the only podcast that teaches neurodivergent Alaskans prone to anxiety and depression how to stop feeling like victims to their brains and start feeling empowered by them. I'm your host and neurospicy life coach, Alicia Turner, and I promise to take you from codependent and insecure to independent and unstoppable using the spiritual art and science of coaching. If you're ready to fully reverse the harmful wiring that's living rent-free all up in your brain, then let's get started. Hello, my fellow earthlings. I am coming to you from Stephen, my husband's brand new office. He has converted our garage into the most gorgeous creative space, and he's a much better designer, decorator than I am. Um, So it's pretty cool to be in here, and the vibes are right, and I'm ready to hang out with you guys. How are you doing? I realized I never have really shared the work I did before I met Stephen. So if you look at where we are today, the kind of relationship we have today, the level of trust and communication that we operate under, you've got to know where I started before you can credit all of that. And I've never really talked about it. So this podcast is for two people, two types of people, I should say, not just two humans. Okay, so it's for a single person who wants to be in a partnership, who is longing for that, who is kind of having doubts like, it's not possible, there's no good partners out there. Um, If that's you, then this is for you. But it's also for the humans that are in a partnership that feels unfulfilling. It's for you as well, right? Just because you're already in a partnership does not mean that's the way it's got to be forever. And, and I do mean to say like you can work within this partnership to create these things and to start evolving together. You don't have to stay stuck even if the other person is like in a state of refusal and is not interested in growing. That's okay. You start doing it. It can stem from you and you don't even have to try to change the other person, which you shouldn't try to change the other person relationship 101. Um, f- to start seeing some of these beneficial results. So before I ever met Stephen, I, you know, like anyone else, I had many relationships, but I had one very long-term relationship that came to an end. And I had realized that it resembled many of the relationships I had had before that. But this one was the longest and this one felt the hardest because a part of me thought like that was it. I thought I was done. I thought I didn't have to do this anymore. I have to go meet people. I'm an introvert. I hate it, right? But it was the best thing that ever happened because I really, this is where I dove in and discovered like what it takes to have the kind of relationship I wanted. I knew I wanted it and and how you have to embrace that willingness to become the kind of partner you're seeking, which I realized with some simple self-reflection that I had not been doing that. It's so easy to expect someone else, like a future partner or a current partner, to do all this work for you. 
without even recognizing that you haven't done it yet. It's so easy to fall into that blind spot. And so I was really kind of going through an existential crisis. And I was like, all right, I've got two routes I can take. There's a divergence in the woods. What is that poem? There's a, there's a something in the woods. There's a path. I can't think of it right now. Whatever. Isn't it like Robert Frost? Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. Sorry, my brain can get really distracted. There are, I had two options. I was like, okay, I can suffer. I can feel bad for myself. I can desperately look for another partner as fast as possible and repeat all the same shit I've already gone through for the hundredth millionth time. Or I can put all this on hold. I can self-reflect. I can ask myself some hard questions and cultivate a willingness to change and grow myself without expecting someone else to come give it all to me. So this is really where I put in radical responsibility. I became an emotional adult and I took full responsibility for all the ways I had shown up in my past relationships. So if you're in a current relationship, this is your opportunity while you're still in it to just look at what you're contributing, right? To take the focus off of the other person. It's so easy in breakups or even in fights or whatever in dating to blame other people. And so I want to offer you, what if you took that off the table? What if that wasn't an option for you anymore in the excuses your brain wants to make for your unhappiness? What if it couldn't be someone else's fault? What if the responsibility is 100% yours? And there is so much nuance here because if I'm speaking to anyone who has been in actual abusive relationships, I'm not saying that's your fault. But I am saying let's take a good hard look at what got you there because that's the only way to make a difference, to to create something different in the future is you've got to make that change happen inside of you first, always. You can't wait for it to come to you. You got to make it happen first. So I did all the hard things. I looked really objectively at everything that had gotten down. And an element of this is you do have to set aside your emotions, right? There's a little scared inner child inside of you that's like, I was hurt. I'm so scared. This is so awful. And you just kind of got to learn how to manage that part of you and be like, yes, honey, I realize that it's okay. And we're going to take a look at this and you're safe and you know, all the things. That's why you got to learn how to manage your mind because that in and of itself is managing your mind. If you don't know how to do that, come work with me. I will teach you. So looking very objectively at like, okay, so I totally projected this onto him. I totally expected him to make me feel good and validate me and appreciate me, but I wasn't willing to validate myself. Um, Looking at just like who who I was in that partnership. How did I show up? What did I contribute? What did, like, who was I being when I wasn't in that relationship? Was I miserable and, and having constant expectations and just kind of not doing anything for myself, which is definitely the case in that relationship. And, and who do I want to be in a relationship? What do I want to bring in the, bring to the table in it? And, and how does that compare with where I am and where I want to be? Right. How do I fill that gap? And so I saw a lot of stuff that I was like, oof, I'm not ready for a partnership because if I dove into one right now, 
it would totally be totally be a a similar dynamic to what I just got out of. And I don't want to repeat that again for the 80th time because I know how it ends. Miserably. Not miserably. It was an amicable, um, you know, you know, just just kind of that disappointment of investment of your life, of your time, of your all of these things. And then it comes crashing down. It's like, yeah, that shit's really, really hard. But it's also an incredible opportunity to understand yourself better, to go within and to make sure, to ensure for yourself that your next adventure, endeavor is going to be everything you want and you won't be, you won't fall into these old blind spots. You won't be duped again because you'll know exactly how to look for the signs, how to handle yourself and how to say no to something at the beginning. When you know something's not for you, don't entertain it. Don't gaslight yourself into being like, they might change. Just know what you want and what you don't want and then don't fucking falter on those decisions. Don't go back on your word. Don't abandon yourself and what you truly desire because you're scared, right? So I got to look at who I really wanted to be, not just in a relationship, but in my life. And I was like, damn, I want to be a person that can validate myself. I want to be a person that feels good and doesn't expect someone else to swoop in and solve all my problems. I want to know how to solve my problems for myself. There is a little little nugget of hyper-independence here because of my unique flavor of complex PTSD, childhood trauma, la 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 la. Um, which I still see in my current relationship is like this story of I have to do everything myself. But the thing is, it's never going to go away. You just learn how to manage it. And so, but I was swinging from one end of the end of the pendulum to the other from being like, I expect someone else to do everything for me. I'm unwilling to even lift a finger in trying to f- heal myself emotionally. I expect you to do everything to kind of this other extreme swing where I was like, I can do everything alone. I don't need anyone. Like there was a phase in there where I totally swung to that. These are the waves of life, my friend. It's very normal. So just kind of evening out, out of all of that self-reflection, out of all that inner work I did. Holy shit, man. That year I like it's it sounds sad but it's really not it's beautiful and it was necessary in this process but I would like cry myself to sleep I would try to escape the pain right I would like be like this fucking sucks but I kept with it I kept taking radical responsibility my brain wanted to blame anything and everything but myself for the situation I had got myself into and I just knew that wouldn't ultimately serve me so I stayed the course for radical self-responsibility, for learning how to validate and love myself in a way I had never learned before. It was the most valuable thing I have ever done because it set the stage for my life, right? That work I did in like 2018, 2019, and some of 2020 was, you know, I'm still building off of it and it is the most sturdy, solid foundation. Now I have a natural flow of like confidence and empowerment that I never feel deprived from. I never feel separate from. I'm like, ah, I know where to access that. I know how to access that. And I want that for everyone. So before I met Steven, after I'd done more of the messy side of things where, you know, I actually did reach out and get closure. And I was like, after I 
got in my state of emotional adulthood, I was like, hey, I I kind of had that uncomfortable conversation way overdue where it was like, hey, this is how I showed up. I want to take full responsibility for my part in our relationship. I want to say that like, this is what I appreciated. This is what I want to own up for and apologize for. And just kind of like, it had nothing to do with like expecting anything from the other person. It had everything to do with like, I want this closure for myself for this to feel complete so I can move on. And it was hard. And, um, but again, so there's such an element of beauty in this because avoiding all of this work, it, it, it rises in you like an element of anxiety and frustration and disdain and blame. And it's so much more beautiful to just embrace these hard things, these hard conversations and own up for things and understand each other better. So, I thought it ended beautifully and then the messy part was over and I moved into the planning strategy, overcoming my own thought obstacles part of it. And so if you are not in a relationship, I need you to do both of those parts. I need you to do the messy part, the radical self-responsibility, the uh, noticing your brain wanting to blame everything on someone else. And honing that back in until you get a a steady place of alignment. And then you've got to do the planning, strategizing, and overcoming brain obstacles. If you're in a relationship, this is a little more complex because you're not just on a solo journey with time and, you know, space to do this work on your own. You're in a committed partnership already. It might be messy already and you've got to try to clean it up from within and so I really recommend if you are going through that to come get some help and support and assistance along the way because man what the way I did it was like I could have avoided some big pitfalls some ugh, cringe moments if I had just had a little help but I didn't have anyone offering me life coaching back then so I didn't even know it was a thing but anyway Let's talk about the planning, strategizing, and overcoming your thought farts. I want to call them thought farts. I literally, for weeks, and this might sound weird to you, but it nothing makes more sense to me after I became an emotional adult, is I I spent time planning the relationship I wanted. I knew exactly how I was going to handle conflict before I ever met or knew Steven existed. I knew the traits I wanted in a person and the traits I absolutely non-negotiably would not accept in a person. So if I saw them, if they came up, it would be easy to say no. I planned how I would say no to those things before I was ever even presented an opportunity to say no. And I didn't date much before I met Steven. I I kind of put a hard pause on all dating and then I started a little bit. But then bam, there was my ideal future husband, partner, dream man life. So I didn't really have to go through a lot of it. And I think there's a reason, right? I don't think that's a coincidence at all. I think I put myself in such a frequency that like my radar wasn't even picking up on people that weren't on my level. And it it cleared so much space to just zoom in the partner I wanted. And it was so easy and it just like fell on my lap. Uh, shout out to Alexis who introduced us. So I literally planned out all these little, little, little things and it was all about me. What am I going to do? 
what's hard in these moments when you want to blame someone and how are you going to respond to that? It is so tedious and it's a lot of what I'm experiencing right now in entrepreneurship, but it is the only way to be able to show up in a space where you're grounded enough and and clear-minded enough where you know like okay, this is this is how I just got distracted because the computer screen went blank. So I totally lost my train of thought. Warrior none. Okay. So I think I was saying planning it it is really 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 tedious. And it would take a lot of time and my hand would hurt as I was writing out all these answers for the 80th time. That is how you rewire your brain. So if you're a current client, future client, past client, I want you to know the lessons I'm giving you, those are things you can refer to and they're kind of like the outline structure for you to use. The coaching session is for immediate clarity, immediate shift in emotion, and just seeing how that process works where you're having a dialogue either with a coach or just with yourself and asking yourself questions and getting in the habit and in the skill and in strengthening that muscle of questioning your thoughts, um, looking at opposite evidence for what you're believing is true, and and kind of separating out the objective facts from what you're thinking. So these are all separate, separate, separate things. I cannot rewire your brain for you. So when I'm giving you worksheets every week, I'm giving you those to use. And I don't mean use once and put away in a journal. I mean, I to rewire your brain, use them again and again and again and again. And the more often you use them, the more frequently you pull them out and do it again and again and again, the easier it is you're for your brain to navigate this. And that is for anything, for money, for relationships, for career, for your physical health, whatever you are dealing with, you have to have some element of repetition and revisiting and effort. I think I just saw the funniest Instagram reel of a woman pretending to be like her inner child having throwing a tantrum about like change and having to do having to put in effort to do something. And it's hilarious and I posted it on my stories because it's like, oh, I've done four things and I don't have instant results or like I took one step and now I'm uncomfortable. And it's just like her freaking out and throwing a tantrum and expecting immediate changes from minimal effort. And so that's why we got to access that adult that's coming in to reparent that inner child in us that loves to throw tantrums and loves to have a fit, right? We're accessing our higher self, our future self, whatever you want to call it, our inner being, our, you know, spirit guides, but we have to have access to that. And so it's like we're, we're working with so many moving parts and I want to make sure you know about all of them. I want to make sure you aren't just showing up to a coaching call and doing nothing outside of it and thinking that will solve everything for you. I want to make sure knowing and understanding the model as a tool is not what's going to give you the benefits of actually using it repetitively, right? This is the tedious work that actually will rewire your subconscious brain and make it more effortless in the future. It's kind of accepting uh, delayed gratification as opposed to 
instant gratification of delaying this work, procrastinating, putting it off, I'll get to it later. That's delaying, that's that's instant gratification. There's an instant trade-off of you don't have to feel comfortable, you don't have to do the tedious work, your hand doesn't have to hurt, you could sit on the couch and eat chips. That is the trade-off. But down the road, you have less reward, less fulfillment, and less of having your back because you didn't set yourself up. You didn't plan ahead. You didn't do any actual work, right? So the delayed gratification is taking the time to do these worksheets, to answer these questions, to weigh things out strategically beforehand, before you're in the middle of a conflict, right? How many of you, raise of hands, have decided ahead of time how you'll respond and navigate conflict with your spouse or someone you love? Like, I cannot tell you how effective that work I did before I ever met Steven has proven to be in my relationship now because I always I was like ah I worked on this problem about 800 times before I even met him I know exactly how to handle this conflict and you know what happens we communicate beautifully there are obviously moments of friction and arguments and conflict and that is so healthy you need conflict in a relationship for it to be healthy if there's no conflict that's a red flag my friend So in these moments of friction and discomfort where it would be so much easier to throw it under the rug like our parents did, I know I won't do that because I made a decision ahead of time that in my relationship, I will work through things. I will tell the uncomfortable truth. I will ask questions. I will be an emotional adult. I'll, I'll notice my toddler brain wants to throw a fit and blame and get mad and get passive aggressive just like I did as a child but I will not choose that, right? This work ahead of time is huge. And honestly, this year in my business, I I left something to be desired in my planning ahead of time work. I did get lost in my toddler brain for a bit and just got really scared and and I am looking objectively and it makes sense. I made a big life change. I left my my job that I had been at for eight years to become a full-time entrepreneur where there's no consistency and no assurances and you know, it's just a, it's just quite the journey. So, but now that I'm thinking back on this and framing it in relationships, I know how to do this. I know how to plan ahead of time and I know how to help you plan ahead of time. So these are the two giant facets you need to consider if you're having problems in your relationship. Have you done the messy, ugly, hard work where you're crying in the middle of the night because you're learning how to become an emotional adult? And if you've checkmarked that, next, have you done the planning strategy? What will you tolerate? What will you not tolerate? Like, who is your dream partner? If you're single or not, the scariest part is if you're not single and you've never asked yourself who your dream ideal partner is, and you're scared to ask yourself that because you're almost afraid to find out that the person you've committed your life to is not that. I want you to be brave here and I want you to do it anyway. You don't have to make any major decisions. You don't have to answer that questions and then end everything and change your life. There's a chance that that person can become this ideal partner, but it's just good to note where the discrepancies are and where they are in yourself. How are you your ideal partner first? Because you will never, ever find an ideal partner if you aren't being and embodying that same energy yourself. So I think relationships is kind of my jam. I kind of forget to 
talk about it in my marketing because I'm just like such a pro. I never have any problems with it that I'm like, oh, everyone doesn't have easy and effortless, fantastic relationships where they support each other and give and like, I'm just like, are you kidding? I have the best relationship ever. And that song, that song, I don't know what that saying is. I just wanted to say something cool, but I didn't. I just said that's on. That's on my life. Okay, so I love you guys. I hope that was helpful for your relationships. And I'm going to peace out and walk my dog. It's dumping snow. Where's this mouse so I can hit stop? Okay, you guys have a beautiful day. I'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening, buddy. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, you have to come check out my one-on-one coaching program. It's 24 weeks of me and you where I take all the guesswork out of your self-awareness journey. I'm just going to give you all the answers in one go. I guarantee you after these 24 weeks, you will feel like a completely different human, empowered, focused, motivated, in love with yourself and on fire for your life again. Go to aliciaturnercoaching.com right now to book your free consult call. And I'd love to have you join while spots last. I'll see you there.